Oh boy. Hi, bitches. Welcome to another episode of Something Healthy. I got back from Miami a couple days ago, and I always love to record a podcast either while I'm on a trip or directly after because that's when everything is just the freshest in your mind. And, you know, my baby brain or whatever you want to call it is fucking up my entire vocabulary and like mental capacity right now. So I need all the help I can get. But I am very conflicted about how to speak about the trip. So I don't even know what what to say about it. I kind of feel like I am having this like heart hangover, like this emotional hangover, um, because pretty much... I went over there like eight months pregnant, which is crazy already. I mean, people travel when they're eight months pregnant, but it's not ideal, obviously. Um, But it was fine. Like the flight and stuff being pregnant, it was was totally fine. I thankfully nothing, you know, nothing happened. Um, But I went over there to kind of like see someone who I haven't seen in a while. And, you know, just like a friend, but not really just a friend, you know, one of those, one of those. Um, and doing that eight months pregnant is crazy already. I, I, I know that, uh, and I haven't, you know, linked up or whatever you want to call it with anyone, um, in months. Like I've literally, I was celibate for like seven months, um, which is a long time, but I think that's a long time, uh, to be celibate for in my opinion. And, uh, yeah, so I went out there and I was really excited to see this person, Um, but also really nervous just because it had been so long, like almost a year since like we had hung out and obviously so much has changed since, um, a year from now. Oh, perfect. The train is going by. Great. That's probably a sign from God to shut the fuck up, but I'm going to keep going. But anyway, um, the trip was cool. I mean, that's a very general overarching word to use to describe it. I just am at a loss for other words to use, (laughs) but it was as cool as a trip like that can be. I mean, what are you supposed to say in a situation like that? Like, I wish this was your baby. Like, everything you could say is unfair and everything you could say, not everything, but most things, it's like it's too heavy and it's just too surreal and too loaded to even unpack any of the sentiments that like could potentially run through your head in a situation like that. So it was cool and I'll leave it at that. Um, But what what it really made me think about, and I guess this is what I want to talk about today, is over the last, like, I've known this person for a while um, and we've never had a relationship like a sugar daddy or anything like that type of relationship. Like this person's never given me a penny uh, ever. Um, But if you go back to the beginning of, you know, the the first few episodes on this podcast that was called Broke Bitch Anonymous, I talked a lot about pretty much using men, um, and I hope not in too much of a negative way, but just like my honest experiences and what had happened with like different weirdo sugar daddies and then obviously getting into stripping and stuff like that. And even though I think I speak for a lot of women when I say this, like I never wanted to be the type of person that used men for anything. Like obviously having a stable, loving partner is much more preferable to feeling 
you know, this gross, just this grossness come over you in dealing with people you don't even want to deal with just to get money out of them. Obviously anyone, I mean, any, like me personally, I would way rather just have a husband that can provide some level of comfort, you know, but I think a lot of women, myself included, end up getting into the less preferable option, which is like dealing with all these gross men just to gain something out of them because you realize that the fairy tale of having this rich husband isn't necessarily around the corner and you have to survive. And, you know, depending on what your situation is, it's hard to avoid the fact that as women, we are usually seen as commodities to men. And once I started to understand that, and I started to understand that very late, like in my mid to late twenties, because in my early twenties, I was so focused on being like a serious journalist and having people take me seriously, even though the writing was on the wall, like even my boss at the time tried to date me. Like I was a, I was a fucking commodity. And if I wasn't, you know, a cute 23, 24 year old, he probably would have never even wanted to interview me to hire me to be completely, you know, honest with myself. It definitely had something to do with it, but um, it's weird when you actually, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I have engaged in so many transactional relationships over the last few years that I almost kind of, and then, and then just not engaged in any relationships for like over half a year now that I think I almost forgot what it was like to actually care about somebody and feel comfortable around them and how vulnerable that makes you but also how necessary that is to just stay alive and not be super depressed all the time but on the other hand this is a me problem I don't know if anyone else can relate to this but when I actually like somebody it doesn't really matter how much money they have I'm so proud that like I'll never really ask them for anything because I just don't want them to think I'm like a bum, even if I like would really need that thing that I could ask for and they have it in their hands. I just, it's hard for me to bring myself to just ask versus when I don't like somebody or when I don't really care about a guy, it's like so easy for me to be like, okay, like, can I have $2,000? I don't know. That's, I know that's fucked up, but there's this like deep seated ingrained mentality that exists for a reason, which is that, you know, men should be providers. And as I kind of sift through my DMs looking for stepdaddy applications and consider my future, um, which is that like, I hope to have, you know, a quote unquote nuclear, as much as nuclear as it can get at this, at this rate family, you know, with a father figure in the house and a cohesive family structure to some extent. I I would like that, I think. I I think it would be better than raising a child completely alone, which is absolutely terrifying to me, even though that is my reality in about three to four weeks. There's this mentality that I I believe too, and this is what I want to talk about today, I guess, from from a different side, but the idea that men should you know, not only be providers, but almost that they need to be like lifestyle sponsors. Like if you spend any time on, I'm, I always say this, but like TikTok, you see the videos of girls who are like, 
you know, I manifested being a stay-at-home girlfriend and now I just, you know, shop at Balenciaga and I spend $7,000 a day on fucking blush and purses. And before then, I, I didn't really have anything going on for myself. I find it so interesting that these women have been able to successfully secure these like new, extremely exclusive, extremely coveted lifestyles. And who's to say how real their li- their lives actually are and what's just for the internet and what's an exaggeration? Who's to say? But this concept that men not only need to be providers, but also these like pseudo lifestyle sponsors, I think is really, I think it's hilarious, honestly. And as I kind of unpacked how I was feeling about this past weekend, which was like, okay, I'm like emotionally attached to this person that like lives in a different place than me. And there's all these things that are standing in the way. And, you know, it's not like you can go from being friends and then like to a relationship and I'm pregnant. Like I had to like check myself back into reality, but also I started to think about, okay, what if it actually did work out, which like just come with me here, please. (laughs) Um, how much of me likes this person? Cause I think like, I know that he is like a good lifestyle sponsor. Like truly, that's a really disgusting question to ask yourself. But like I I had to contend with that idea because I'm like, how much of me is just projecting this, you know, potential future onto this person that's given me no indication that he wants any sort of future like that with me. But how much of me is, is projecting this because I know that he is in some ways, as all men with some kind of money are, like a potential lifestyle donor. And I don't, I, I would like to believe I don't like him for that reason. I I really don't think that that's the reason at all. I know that that's not the reason. Um, but I still think that it's, it's a funny concept to unpack and it's very common. And especially the way that we are sold this idea of lifestyle donor on the internet. I have come to realize that a lot of the women who were selling the concept of like leveling up and dating a rich man and, you know, presenting yourself as a high value woman are so full of shit. I mean, everyone kind of, not everyone, but I would say 99% of people that subscribe to, I guess, the manosphere, both from the female and male lens and the women who say, you know, be a high value woman, woman, level up, um, whatever. They are kind of the, the female red pill, Andrew Tate's of the world. And one of the people that I used to follow the most, who I think is so interesting because I really used to take her advice and I really, I really used to look up to her style, to her lifestyle. And I think she lives in Switzerland or something to her come up. And I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with this person, but her name is Anna Bay and she has a YouTube channel where she pretty much talks about elegance and really not even elegance in a general sense, but elegant ladies and what they should and shouldn't say, what they should and shouldn't wear, how to hold your cutlery as an elegant lady, etiquette guides, all of these different high society quote unquote lessons, essentially. Now from her YouTube channel, she's also grown that into launching her her own app. I think it's called the A-List app and allegedly it costs like $300 a year. But even after that year is over, it's like really hard to cancel your membership apparently. So a lot of people 
end up getting their memberships renewed, even though they didn't even want another year of this $300 program. There's no refunds also, but once you are part of the A-list, you get invited to exclusive events and, you know, woman to woman networking situations where Anna shows up sometimes. So it's supposed to be this like elite exclusive thing that teaches you essentially how to elevate to being the epitome of an elegant woman. Now, obviously there's nothing wrong with that in a sense, like get your money, girl, start your businesses, start your app. People want to join. People want to join. It's a free country. It's a free world. And I have no animosity or hate towards anybody who starts a business from the ground up build something on the internet. I think that's amazing. Where I start to raise my eyebrows a little bit, and this is something I had no idea about back in 2020 when I was almost religiously watching this woman's YouTube videos, thinking that if I just learned her tips on elegance, that I could somehow be taken more seriously by the person I was dating at the time, which totally backfired, by the way. I think he started to look at me like, bitch, what are you doing? Like, why are you trying so hard to fit in in a world that you are not from and not a part of? Because he was like part of this upper echelon of society and I was not and I I never have been and I didn't come from that. And to like try to shoehorn my way in there thinking that I could just watch some YouTube videos and be good was just so ridiculous in hindsight. And it was so obvious to somebody who actually comes from that world. And I must have made a fool out of myself like 10,000 times, but Regardless of that, like we're all young and stupid at some point. I mean, I wasn't even that young. I was 28, but let's move on. The funny thing about it is that I stumbled across this Reddit thread recently, and then I did some more investigative research, uh, put on my investigative journalism hat, and essentially almost everything that this woman, Anna Bay, has said and sold her hundreds of thousands, if not millions of subscribers across different platforms comes from a lie. Like she has apparently faked her nationality. She doesn't use her real name. She always claimed to have married this rich man that allowed her to afford all of her her Hermes bags and this, you know, beautiful lifestyle. But she actually married someone who worked at a bank for a visa, which is hilarious, honestly. And I wish we could have heard that story instead. Then when you start peeling back the layers of this, like, onion, I guess, whatever you want to call it, you start to realize, okay, even the bags are fake. Like even most of the Chanel bags, there are threads online that, that show like, okay, this bag is fake. This Kelly is fake. This woman is just, she's upselling what is probably a very mediocre lifestyle, reframing it for the internet and packaging it out to all of these extremely impressionable, vulnerable women who believe that finding a rich man to elevate your lifestyle is possible, which don't get me wrong, it absolutely is, but they're being sold this dream from essentially a woman that like grifts in hopes of finding a lifestyle donor and has seemed to grift for most of her life. And when I put those pieces together, I was like, why do I see so much of myself in this woman? (laughs) Not so much of myself, but like I can relate to the real version of her that she has kept under wraps to present this fake version much more than I can relate to the fake version. Like once you go deep into the Reddit thread, it's like she was also a sex worker and she worked at this club in Ibiza and she had all these sugar daddies and all this stuff. And it's like, what a reality check to see somebody who has 
built a massive platform off of being an elegant, exclusive, elite lady to know that, okay, no, she had to do a lot of the same shit that a lot of us have had to do. And I, I sort of relish reality checks like this because, you know, I don't want to see anyone's downfall. I'm not preying on anyone's downfall except my enemies. Um, just kidding. I literally, like, I don't want to see anyone fail. I'm not a evil, miserable person like that. But when you're preying on, you know, what is essentially lost, vulnerable women in desperate situations looking for a better life, which is what Anna's audience is. I mean, you have to be in a lost and vulnerable state to be subscribing and following a YouTube channel like that. Let's just be honest. When you're preying on people like that, I think it's important for us as the prey, which is really what we are. I don't know if anyone else has ever watched Anna Bay's YouTube channel like I have, but it's just important, I guess, to just see what the reality actually is so that not only you don't feel so bad about your life, but you just remember like a lot of the shit that you're seeing, even the women who claim to have these amazing lifestyle donors is fake. And one of my favorite moments, I'm just going to read this directly paraphrased from the Reddit thread. Um, but she, I feel mean reading this, but just I'm, I'm saying this as a reminder that like, I guess you shouldn't feel bad if your life isn't exactly where you want it to be. Because a lot of these people that do seem to have their lives in an amazing places, sometimes it's not even sometimes it's not even all that so anyway without further ado let's get the poison out I want to read this really funny situation and I'm sure honestly that this shit happens all the time at like Instagram offices Google YouTube headquarters all that I'm sure that there's been so many influencers that are guilty of this and it's fucking hilarious so let's go beginning the paragraph in September 2021, Anna claimed that she'd been invited to Google's offices. I can't read. <laughs> In September 2021, Anna claimed that she'd been invited to Google's offices to celebrate reaching a million subscribers. She took many photos outside the building, holding what looked like a cheap bouquet of flowers from the supermarket. A security guard could be seen keeping an eye on her, indicating she wasn't expected there. Google allows people receiving subscriber awards to film or take photos in designated parts of the office, but the YouTuber has to verify that their subscribers are genuine, which is likely why Anna was not invited. Yikes. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's really funny. Maybe her following isn't even as big as I thought it was. I somehow just landed on her page not even through the algorithm, but I was actually suggested her page by a friend at the time. We were both in, I guess, desperate situations. I remember she was the first person who put me on to DH Gate, which if you guys aren't familiar, it's like this app from China where you can buy a bunch of fake designer stuff. Most of the fake designer that you'll buy on DH Gate is literally embarrassing. Like if you hold it up to a real designer item. It looks fake. You can't find good dupes on DHgate. But as I got to know her more, I realized all of her designer bags were not real. But I remember the first time she came over, she was carrying a Birkin and I had never really seen a Birkin, a real Birkin up close in my life. And I didn't know her that well, but I knew she had like, you know, sugar daddy ish type people orbiting around her life. So I wasn't really sure what her situation was, 
But anyway, she came over and she was carrying this Birkin and she had like a bacon, egg and cheese or like some deli sandwich just shoved inside the Birkin, like greasy inside the Birkin. And she sat on my couch and she took the sandwich out of what I thought was a real Birkin. And I was like, girl, how are you? How would you treat your Birkin like that? I mean, I know it's like glamorous to treat your Birkin like shit. Um, That's kind of the Mary Kate Olsen thing to do. And that's what rich people allegedly say you should do is like have a worn in Birkin and that's a sign that you can actually afford the bag that you're carrying and it's not meant to just be this prize sitting on a shelf you're supposed to really use it but I remember seeing her take out this like greasy sandwich from this Birkin and I just was shocked I was like I would never treat a bag like that a bag that expensive like that And eventually I came to find out that, you know, the bag was fake. The story that she told about how she got the bag was fake, but she didn't even really have to tell the story because if you looked at the bag for more than like a second, you could tell that it was not real. So that's the type of person that recommended Anna Bay's channel to me. So it was really just the blind leading the fucking blind, if we're being honest. And, you know, I could go on forever about how all of the things that she has set up in her YouTube life are fake, like her name the backdrops that she uses but allegedly she uses like hotel rooms and office buildings and stuff like that and says that it's her home whatever it's not really the point the point is there are a lot of Anna Bays in the world obviously we are all familiar with Anna Delvey I did a whole episode on her kind of love her to be honest and all of the scamming that she somehow managed managed to do when she was living in New York City Recently, there's been another woman who gives me a lot of Anna Delvey vibes. Her name is, well, her TikTok name is Polina Neoli. Her other name is Polina Pushkareva. She is from Russia. She's in America on a work visa. And she kind of, when you look through her videos, seems like a more successful version of Anna Delvey in a sense. She posts, you know, all of the typical rich girl content that you can imagine. The Hermes shopping trips, the housekeeper, personal chef, private trainer, Manhattan lifestyle, everything. The champagne, the fucking nice cars, the buying a penthouse or whatever it is that she bought in Manhattan. But then, because I fucking love the internet, people realized that it was all fake also. Apparently, she bought her house with a giant loan that she has been unable to pay back. Um, Apparently, she doesn't really pay her employees, which is not even funny. That's really shitty that she's exploiting people who are allegedly um, mostly like illegally in the U.S. So they're already, you know, in a vulnerable position and they take these work positions with her and she doesn't pay them. So that's really shitty. But there's all of these things that people have exposed about her where essentially what she's doing is just like shilling out for a multi-level marketing scheme because at the end of the day, what all of her content funnels back to is her online course about how to become a successful rich woman. Sound familiar? Yes, just like Anna Bay's content all funnels back to her online platforms that you can pay for that'll teach you how to become a elite, elegant lady. Polina is selling how to become a rich woman. I guess that's where her money that she does have comes from, but she is obviously not a rich woman herself. And it's not even really funny. It's just kind of sad that we've arrived at this place as a society where... 
here are these women. And this, these are just two examples, or I guess three, because I included Anna Delvey. There are so many, there are so many people like this who feel like they have to present this mega successful version of themselves publicly when, you know, no one asked for these women to exist. No one asked for Anna Delvey to come into New York and scam billionaires. No one asked for Polina Pushkareva. No one asked for Anna Bay's multi-level marketing schemes that have somehow worked. And no, I shouldn't even say somehow because there's clearly a huge audience for this type of content. And that's why even though no one explicitly asked for it, it does very well. These women are able to gain, you know, whether or not they are real or fake or they start off as fake, they eventually snowball into quite a lot of very genuine, real public attention. And what's so fascinating to me about this is that having money, being successful, being loved by somebody who is successful, these things shouldn't be so far out of our orbit, so far out of reach that we have to invent entire fake personas just to give the illusion that we might have them. Like these things are money and love. We live in fucking under capitalism. Money is something that you should be able to get if you just get a job, start a business, something. Like it's money is everywhere. Find a way to get it. Find a way to obtain it. And love is just like, or a relationship. It, that's just a genuine human need, desire, whatever you want to call it. Like these are very primitive, basic things to want. And there's something so fascinating about watching these women who are scammers, I guess, like want these things so badly that they make up entire fake personas to some, to try and achieve them and yet still fail so miserably and so publicly and be called out for failing. That I guess in itself is really sad and not to be dramatic and be like, it holds a mirror up to society and it holds a mirror up to ourselves because let's be honest, most of us haven't engaged in like created some giant multi-level marketing scheme to try and scam vulnerable women out of $12 a month. But isn't it interesting to watch people fail so miserably and so publicly at things that are so primitive that, you know, should almost be our birthright, like love should be, that's your right as a person entering the world. Money, maybe not necessarily tons of money, but be ha enough to to feed yourself, enough to be comfortable, enough to have fun sometimes. We're not asking for that much here. It, that's, it, that's not an absurd request. And, you know, it's not just these wannabe wealthy women that are presenting fake versions of themselves online. Rappers do the same shit. Like, people wear fake jewelry. People overhype the amount of money that they have. People brag about cars that they don't own. Like, this is this is more normal than fucking drinking water. Like, so many people exaggerate what they actually have in order to seem more lit publicly. And I do think it's sad that we've arrived at this place where fakeness is accepted as almost the norm obviously then some people take it to an extreme like the scammers that we just described and they get called out on it but for the most part it's kind of accepted like I had a weird situation recently where I met up with a girl for the first time um it was like our first friend date 
we went for lunch. She seems, she seems super cool. Like I still think she seems super cool, but we hung out one time, right? Tell me how after hanging out for one, one time only, she asked me for money. Like, am I a bad person? Am I a bad person for thinking that's weird? Because she, I'm not, I'll never expose who this is. And, and I still think she's cool. And I, I hope we can actually be friends. Like maybe it was just a weird misunderstanding or something. I don't know. But, um, or maybe I'm stupid for even saying that. I don't, I don't know. I've never been in that situation before. She said she'd pay me back, but like, I would never ask someone for like a woman for money after hanging out with her once. I mean, I, I would never even ask like, unless it's like my close, close friend, I really needed to borrow something. I just, I don't think I've ever asked a close friend, a close female friend for money. Um, I was taught to scam men, not women. <laughs> not that she was scamming me necessarily, but there were other little things that went off. Like after lunch, she was like, oh, I don't have my wallet. Can I um, cash app you? Just stuff like that. I'm like, well, how do you not bring a wallet to a restaurant? But anyway, it's a lot of weirdo shit going on out here. It's a lot it's a lot. And this is somebody, the girl who I was with, like she seems like she has a lot of money on the internet as well. So I don't know what math isn't mathing in a situation like that. Maybe it was just a genuine mistake. I don't want to dwell on it too much, but I do think it's sad that so many of us seem to feel some kind of weirdo pressure to exaggerate what we actually do have. And I've been reflecting on this a lot more recently just because I guess I am entering this new era of my life. Like I'm in my 30s. I'm about to be a mom. I'm about to be a single mom. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a very different era than last year or two years ago that I was in. And as I kind of look back, back on the last few years, like I was just going through my Instagram memories and looking at all the different stories that I had posted over the last couple of years and feeling like just kind of nostalgic, but also coming to terms with how much I relied on men to survive, or at least how much I relied on appealing to men to survive in some sense, like appealing to men has always been kind of a safety net for me even when I was writing, like knowing that I could ask someone for, you know, a few thousand dollars or something if I really needed it or knowing that I could date someone who had some money that could like give me, God, I'm now I'm like treach, I'm, I'm stepping into treacherous territory that I don't like to speak about. But like, you know, knowing that you could date someone who would provide kind of a lifestyle for you that you might not be able to provide for yourself. Um, even when I was living in New York, like I told you guys the story about the sugar daddy with no shoes. And then there was this other guy who like, I don't know, he was like some tech guy from India and he paid for my lawyer fees and shit like that. Anyway, appealing to men has been a survival mechanism for me. And I think for a lot of people, and it's just this, it's this background safety net that you kind of learn to rely on if you don't have a lot of other safety nets, which I haven't had. But now as I enter this new era, I'm like, I don't even know how, how I'm 
going to appeal to men. Frankly, I'm not interested in appealing to them. I hope I don't have to. I hope I can just be with somebody genuinely and that's it. I don't want to have to play these games anymore. I don't want to, you know, fall for a YouTube channel like Anna Bay's Level Up YouTube channel. I don't care. Like the level up is over. The shop is closed. This is what it is. All the level ups from now on will be spiritual. All the level ups from now on will be internal. All the level ups from now on will be more for myself, I guess, than for anyone else. The level ups are going to be about glowing skin and good teeth and all of the things that happen from actually taking care of yourself, not from trying to shape yourself into a mold that appeals to men. Those are the personal level ups that I am now interested in. Anything else exhausts me and I don't care. But as I enter this new chapter, I'm like, will I be okay? (laughs) Will I be able to survive without appealing to men? There is such a freedom in that idea like Julia Fox talks about this a lot in her TikToks. And by the way, I love her TikToks where she's like, I had a kid, you know, my vagina is closed. I'm not doing it again. I did the thing that society expects you to do, which is have a child. And now I can just be ugly. And or she, I don't think she says be ugly. Obviously she's not ugly, but she's like, I don't have to appeal to men anymore. And so that's why she like bleaches her eyebrows and wears that crazy eyeliner and kind of just looks how she wants to look almost purposefully trying to repel men. I would argue because bleached eyebrows and the eyeliner and just some of her fashion choices, like they're definitely not chosen to appeal to any straight man. To me, it seems like there must be such a freedom in that. And I'm so far from that still. I still like put a face full of makeup on, put my hair extensions in, straighten my hair, you know, get my eyelash extensions. Like I still do all of those things because they do make me feel better walking around in the world because that's how I've been conditioned to think. Like those beauty choices have been ingrained in me as something that I, I, believe that men like and that I believe make me more attractive and so by virtue of that I just feel more comfortable existing in the world not being quote-unquote ugly and making those aesthetic beauty choices so I still do all of those things to like appeal to men but as I'm entering this new chapter I'm like how do I free myself from these shackles (laughs) not to be too dramatic about it but I just don't want to live my life like that anymore. I I don't. I'm not interested in it. Um, And I don't know if that's naive. I hope I can still meet somebody without doing the most to appeal to men. But ultimately, I think, you know, all advice that you're getting from anyone, but especially advice from strangers on the internet, especially advice from potential pseudo scammers on the internet. I wish I had known this sooner, but you need to take all advice with a grain of salt and just filter it through the lens of personal taste. Nobody has all the answers, especially somebody who claims to have all the answers. They are fucking lying.